0: Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash-to-pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! It is October 31st and this is a bonus episode. So, um, to when we to do a bonus episode, we thought we'd pick a subject rather than a specific film. It means we've spent the last four weeks talking to you guys about, you know, fantastic films and such we thought we'd pick one of our favorite subjects and uh i'm sure a lot of people would have gone for like seasonal films and such but we've uh gone for the subject of screen queens not the fantastic tv show with emma roberts and jamie lee curtis but the subject of uh mainly women within horror but women that refer to as screen queens within horror and there's so many different definitions people have of this term so uh we're we're going to go from the 60s onwards and talk about it through the decades.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a bit more free flowing than the normal uh podcast. So, it's going to be a little less structured. We're just going to sort of discuss some of our favorite screen queens. What the term screen queens means, where The whole idea of a uh, Scream Queen comes into um, horror cinema and particularly the representation of women in horror. So it's a really broad area. We'll we'll hopefully cover as much as possible without, you know, going on for about four hours, which could uh, (laughs) could easily happen.
0: Okay, so, well, we're going to start off. What we're going to do is for each decade, we've got a specific Scream Queen that we're going to start with and uh, focus on a little bit uh, before moving on and, you know, talking about connections to other Screen Queens. Um, So to start off with, we're going to start in the 60s, and for Screen Queens as a whole in the 60s, what would your definition be?
1: So sort of coming out of the um, early horror films and and horror film icons such as Fay Ray. Uh, in the 60s horror took a more gothic turn there was a lot of gothic horror films uh, a lot of films set in the past male stars such as vincent price were becoming quite prominent and um women sort of took a little back seat to stars such as vincent price in these films and um the lady we'd like to discuss is Barbara Steele, who in many ways sort of went against that yeah. brain. Of-
0: she defeats the stereotype that you get in the 60s for um, for Screen Queens. And she is, um, you know, very well known as, you know, one of the greatest British Screen Queens. Which is interesting because for me, whenever you think Screen Queens, and especially in the 60s, I think, you know, damsel in distress... Um, essentially your victim but the person you want to root for to survive
1: yeah and in in films such as king kong with fey ray that the girl was there to just scream yeah and be shocked
0: yeah and And that was amongst some of the first um i think king kong back in 1933 uh, and that did lead on to many decades after and you you look at um you know people like janet lee in psycho yeah so Um, you
1: start the 60s with janet lee yeah
0: and then you know even people such as uh judith o'day in night of the living dead and you know even to a certain extent you've got um rosemary's baby with Mia mia farrow so you know you look at all these women in the 60s and they are victims within horror films and they are very much classed as screen queens um but then you got Barbara Steele, who's also classed as a screen queen, and she comes in and fucks it all up. Yeah. In the best way possible. We love Barbara Steele.
1: Yeah, she's um, fantastic in those Italian films that she did. Um, she was one of the last uh, actors to be signed to the Rank organisation, which was a studio uh, here in Britain, and they wanted her to dye her hair blonde, and she basically said, no, piss off. Yeah. You know, she, she'd she had a... Um, she was cast as the female lead in a Elvis Presley film as well, uh, The Flaming Star, if I remember correctly. And she had a big disagreement with the director and uh, basically pissed off, pissed off to Italy and did these fantastic gothic horror films... Um. Obviously, the uh, most famous of them being Black Sunday. Yes. Where she plays uh, the antagonist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and even in uh, films like She Beast, um, <laughs> which is uh, a fun film, shall we say? Uh... <laughs> uh, she. I'm not sure what to say about she. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she she plays the uh, protagonist in it, for the most part, until, uh I mean, spoiler alert if you're going to watch She-Beast, pause it now and uh, skip a bit, but uh <laughs> once she comes into contact with the She-Beast, the She-Beast uh, eventually gives birth to her in, you know, full-size uh, Barbara Steele.
1: Yeah, yeah, very.
0: <laughs> but I mean, film. as far as scream queens is concerned, that's that film takes it a bit literal. The uh, the she beast itself is uh, just just screams. That's all it does.
1: Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> I think Barbara Steele sort of what you found with a lot of the Universal horror films and the studio horror films was that y- you got scream queens who were probably typecast. They didn't necessarily choose these roles in... Because horror films at the time were seen as B-movies. You know, these weren't your A-list actresses, your Betty Davises or your Marilyn Monroes. These were films that were made on the cheap. but They did well. They had an audience. But the women in them were, were never really that memorable. And a lot of the actresses were typecast. And then you find somebody like Barbara Steele who fully immerses herself into horror and enjoys it and enjoys playing the witch or the bad guy and revels in it in in many ways. And um, it's really refreshing. Um, yeah. She, she's gorgeous as well, though. A, a real
0: beautiful face and, and big something that again goes against green queens in the early days it, well, it, that changes up once you get to the 80s Well, no, so she's probably she's beautiful but not
1: probably not as conventional as you know they were um she she's a little more sexual yeah with she... living and dead things yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she's not she's not afraid to go full horror and go fully into it. Yeah. And uh, that's that's why she's really a true scream queen. And and the idea of a scream queen, some people think a scream queen is 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 an actress that had one notable role.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the time it's easy for people to just say someone's a scream queen just cuz they're a female in a horror film. Which is not the case. It's. Yeah. Well, it is to some people. You know, it's in a way it's subjective. Oh, it's, you it's know, it's. The idea that it's a notable role. Yeah.
1: So I wouldn't necessarily class Sissy Spacek. Uh, I'm sorry, we're going on a, a mild tangent here. Um, this, the whole episode is going to be a massive tangent question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, stick with us. Um, I wouldn't class someone like Sissy Spacek. As a Scream Queen. No. But others would, because one of her most famous roles is Carrie. Yeah. You know, a really big, famous,
0: culturally impactful role in a horror film. And the same goes for Piper Laurie. Whereas PJ Souls, who's also in the same film, I would class as a Scream Queen. Exactly. Because PJ Souls has
1: starred in many horror films.
0: Yeah. You know? But back to the sixties, we will get onto the seventies shortly and um touching again on Barbara Steele, in a way I think she's one of the most influential um horror actresses of that time because I mean not only just for the horror genre but for female actresses in general, you know, she's someone who did exactly what she wanted to do, made it clear she was going to do what she wanted to do and did it. And fair play to her, you can't really fault that. No
1: no and, and and her look and her style are, are, I think have been massively influential,
0: but yeah, you saying she's gorgeous oh, then she's also terrified in these films, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, like Black Sunday was really scary, oh my god yeah yeah,
1: and and it's that ability to to be the antagonist to to be the horror and the horror of the film. Yeah. You know, the centre of the horror mm-hmm. and not just someone who's been victimized yeah. by the horror yeah. is so refreshing. Because you have someone like um Barbara in um Night of the Living Dead Night of the Living Dead. Who's a massive wet blanket who's
0: annoying. She is she takes victim to another level. Uh, a, a more annoying level. Um In the same way Veronica Cartwright will in Alien, you know, years later. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you can use a female as a victim in a film, but you've got to at least make them likable. Or else there's no point them being a, a victim because you don't want them to survive. I mean, Barbara is just... Out of the whole Living Dead series, um, well, I mean, I can't really come on, on the later ones, I'm sure there probably are a lot more annoying characters than that, but out of the first three, you know, Night, Dawn and Day, she's like one of the most annoying female characters out of one those films. Oh, she's, yeah, g- genuinely quite
1: quite annoying. And then, you, you know... You have someone like Janet Leigh at the beginning of that
0: decade... Yeah, who is very likeable and still a victim.
1: Yeah, probably the most famous murder victim in cinema history. Yeah. You know, that that scene has resonated throughout... Yeah. ...culture ever since. And, you know, having someone like Barbara Steele... ...be the murderer, be Mm. the witch, be the monster it's great it, and that's not to take away from janet lee you know um but it, it's it, it was great and, and to watch a film like black sunday and to see her revel in it is
0: is really quite enjoyable yeah and whilst we were on the subject of janet lee do you feel you've said everything you could say about the 60s now yeah, I think so. so I think the sixties is a bit of a minor decade when it comes to horror. It's
1: pr- also probably, um, and let's be honest here, we're probably a little less well versed in the sixties horror scene. Um, if if there if there was a particular scene, a lot of it then was, with over decades what was
0: it Hammer horror? Or was that seventies? Hammer horror was sixties
1: going into seventies. So. So you had a lot of women with very low cut tops, yeah,
0: and like in Hammer fills. sexual vampires, yeah, like.
1: just just Victoria, like Victorians, but with a boobs hanging out. Which
0: wouldn't fall into screen queens category. Well, they
1: would. I mean, you have someone like Hazel Court, who who would have Ingrid Pitt. Yeah, you would call them a screen queen, and and and, and also you know, from the influence maybe of Barbara Steele, they they became antagonists. And, but it was usually because Christopher Lee had given him a good bite yeah. beforehand. Whereas in Black Sunday, you know the the character that Barbara Steele plays is a witch from the start, yeah and not because some, um, you know,
0: well. That vampire bit. Next up. We have the 70s and the daughter of Janet Lee is our main focus for this one.
1: Yeah, I think she's obviously uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is who we're talking about. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is the epitome of a Scream Queen.
0: She is. And it's interesting because she's obviously the most, I mean, she's my favourite, one of my favourite actresses. um, And she's most well known for being the Scream Queen. Um, you know you ask anyone to name you a screen queen they'll probably say Jamie Lee Curtis straight away and it's interesting because you go from these victims in the 60s and obviously Barbara Steele playing uh, a villain um, in most of her roles to coming into the 70s where you've got the victims again but the victims are slightly stronger this time around um, and Jamie Lee Curtis is the face of that But she wasn't the first, interestingly enough, because you have the likes of Marilyn Burns in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She is a victim very much, but she still managed to get away and outsmart, you know, Leatherface and his family. Oh, yeah. Massively resourceful. Look at Black Christmas. Yeah, Black Christmas. Olivia Hussey. I'm sure you'd like to touch on that a little more, being one of your favourite films. Yeah, love Black Christmas
1: and uh, a, a character. Um. Oh, forgive me. I can't remember her name. The character that Olivia Hussey plays, is a much more well-rounded character than some girlfriend that gets stalked by a big shadow in the night. You you know, she's resourceful. Mm-hmm. She um she's she's more real you know she's she's pregnant throughout the film um she you know can't decide whether she wants to keep it or not which is a bit more reality and a bit more character development than maybe you had before uh for a potential victim um and black christmas is the precursor to I believe uh Black Christmas is really the precursor to the slasher film. Yeah. Uh and that's that that's not including the the influence of the Giallo films from Italy. But in terms of, you know, uh North American cinema, I think Black Christmas is is where it really started.
0: Yeah, and I think the realism from um from Olivia Hussey's character in Black Christmas Uh, and the realism with Marilyn Burns in Texas Chainsaw Massacre is what leads on to Jamie Lee Curtis and why she's so likeable and so relatable because she also has that realism there, she is the you know, the shy girl next door that really, I mean, it's like an orgy of evidence that she just wants to study for school and she doesn't really want to go out and party and She wouldn't have got that date with Ben Tramer planned if it weren't for one of the other girls setting it up for her. So she's very quiet and reserved and, you know, easy to relate to. And that's why when, you know, when shit goes down, when Michael Myers comes for her, you know, it it makes her more likable. You actually care about her more because this is that character that you can relate to on screen. And Jamie Lee Curtis is phenomenal in the role. And, you know, I think the reason why she's so associated with being the Scream Queen is her scream is just fucking unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's a big part of being
0: a Scream yeah. Queen. Yeah, and that's probably why she stands out compared to all the ones that came before her well, as we, well. We
1: saw a clip from um, A to Z of Horror with Christopher Lee. And uh, he was obsessed with the fact that a good Scream Queen should have a really good scream. Yeah. Um and Jamie Lee Curtis is, is up there with the best. Yeah. Um and, and as a Scream as an actress being a Scream Queen, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, like Barbara Steele before her, fully immersed herself in the horror genre. Yeah. So Halloween was her first film, first starring role. Um Halloween was a massive success. Maybe there was a little typecasting here. There was definitely typecasting. Um, but she, you know, has fun with the genre. Goes on to star in The Fog. Yeah. Which is a, a completely different character to the one... Um, to Laurie Strode. Um, and then she stars in more sort of slasher films. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like um, Terror Train and Prom Night... And uh, then she's in a uh, road games. Yeah, and even I, Hall- I haven't seen actually. And then
0: even Halloween two. Um, Halloween two. You know, and it's like I was saying to Chris prior to recording this, the character of Laurie Strode, we see her, you know, through different incarnations. Through you have the two storylines you can go with. You've got the storyline that goes from the Halloween two, where you've got H two O and Resurrection. And then you've got the latest storyline from last year, where it just follows straight on from the first film. But both of these things have something in common. Jamie Lee Curtis is a strong character in each of these films. No matter how much of a victim she is, she's is always a strong character. Which, again, it you know, for me, when someone says screen Queen, I think of a victim. But then it's things like that that kind of change the definition up a bit. And, you know allow a wider range of what this can be yeah so I,
1: I think w- what makes Jamie Lee Curtis a you know fantastic screen queen is that she starred in a lot of horror films
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know the character of Laurie Strode is well renowned uh throughout you know cinema and particularly with uh horror film fans and um, she plays really kick-ass women yeah. in these films as well. And the are other actresses who are scream queens who always die in films. They always end up dying yeah. in films. Uh, whereas Jamie Lee Curtis, now correct me if I'm wrong, didn't actually die in any horror film until um, Halloween Resurrection.
0: I haven't seen terror train prom night and road oh, she she's
1: the final girl yeah she's she's the final girl in those films so she is the you know the resourceful one that ends up um you know surviving
0: which is also like I mean now this is someone who hasn't been in as many horror films as Jamie Lee Curtis but also made a massive impact on the one she was in it's like Jessica Harper in Suspiria again I would class her as a Scream Queen. um. But again, she has that 70s um, vibe about her where she is resourceful. As well as a victim. Yeah, yeah. You know, she she is put in danger, but she knows her way around it. Well, she tries to find a way around it and obviously succeeds. But my point is, she... ...is still a smart character. Yeah, and a strong-willed character as well. Which is gonna... We'll come back to when we get to the 80s... ...because that takes a slight dip.
1: I wouldn't... I'd, see, I probably wouldn't... ...class Jessica Harper... ...as a screen queen. As sort of horror film fans... ...we know her... ...most for... ...Suspiria. Yeah. Um, to a general audience... She might probably be more famous for her Woody Allen films. Maybe. You know. And that's going back to Sissy Spacek, who, yes, um is probably most famous for Carrie. Um but she's a multi Oscar nominated actress. She won an Oscar for Coal Miner's Daughter. She's done she's had a very long and varied career outside of the
0: genre, but you do have Phantom of the Paradise with Jessica Harper as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, do they class that as horror? I suppose they would. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically a version of Phantom of
0: the Opera. But so then it would be horror. Yeah. I mean, one really interesting one. I mean, Jessica Harper is hit or miss. You know, I'm. I'm sure. Many horror fans that there have had that debate before, but one definite screen queen who is very well known for one film is, of course, Linda Blair. Yes. She's definitely a screen queen. Yes. And she kind of started the whole... Well, actually, either her or another screen queen in the 70s started the whole child side to things. I mean... The other person i want on about is Veronica Cartwright for the Birds. Mm-hmm. So, what would you? Who would you class as the first young scream queen? Well, I, mean, I wouldn't really class Veronica
1: Cartwright because she's not really the center of that film, of the Birds.
0: Whereas, but she's with... also not the center of Alien, but she's still a scream queen for that.
1: Yeah, I I would probably class Linda Blair. As the first sort of child screen queen. Because she did The Exorcist. And then she did The Exorcist 2. Yeah. And then we've seen her grow up on screen. In horror cinema. So she was in Hell Knight. Um, and, and that's that random. Summer of Fear. Summer of Fear. um, That random film that you, you purchased. That we've yet to watch. With David Hasselhoff. That we are dying to watch. What is it called? Like, Ghost House?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I know which one you mean. Yeah. Um, um She's also in Supernatural, the TV show. Yeah. For one episode. So she's obviously, you know, within the horror industry, she is, you know, famous for her role in The Exes. But she has gone on to get all these roles after. But she's definitely a screen queen. From that one role, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Because that
1: was so culturally impactful. Yeah. And her within that film was so culturally impactful. And she never really outgrew that role. No. So. I don't that, that's not a disservice to Linda Blair. I think she's great. And uh, I've enjoyed her in many, many films. Um. <laughs> Right or wrong, <laughs> uh, she's a bit, She's definitely a Savage B streets. movie queen. I love Savage Streets, absolutely love Savage Streets, and I loved uh, Chained Heat as well. So yeah, I love them. Uh, but she's absolutely a B movie queen. Yeah, absolutely, and a scream queen to boot. So yeah, Linda Blair, you're a legend.
0: Before we move on from seventies, would you like to say a bit about Daria Nicolodi?
1: Yeah so um Daria Nicolodi I would absolutely class as 100% queen. screen queen 100% yeah. and through her association with her husband uh, Dario Argento um she starred in many of his films Deep Red uh Tenebrae going into the 80s uh Opera so throughout her career she's been directly linked to the horror genre. Um, what's really kick ass is that she's also had a few writing credits, uh, particularly for Suspiria. Yeah. Uh, as well, and um, she was in Mario Bava's Shock. Um, or, or known as I think it's Secret Beyond the Door 2 or or something like one of those films that has many names. Um, so she's definitely, definitely. Found her place within the horror genre, and I think she's, to me, the Italian screen queen. Yeah, she I, is. I know the ba- Barbara Steele was yeah. a British actress who who went to work in Italy. Uh, Daria Nicolodi, um, and I really hope I'm pronouncing her her surname correctly. Um, is somebody who's fully immersed. Yeah. Within the Italian horror, you know mm-hmm. cinema. Um, and uh, so, absolutely, an Italian screen queen.
0: Yeah. And uh, moving on from that, we get into the eighties where sex appeal is introduced to se- uh, to screen queens, I'd say, which brings us to our focus for the eighties, and that is the incredible, for good or bad reasons, Linnea Quigley. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it's what comes to mind is that quote from Scream where uh, Randy says that Jamie Lee doesn't show her tits until she goes legit. Yeah. Speaking of when she started to do more mainstream cinema with uh, trading places, and Mm -hmm. and she shows her boobs in that one, which she never did in any of the horror films she starred in. And she always survived. And she always survived. Now, Linnea Quigley <laughs> is the opposite of that, and I don't actually think I've seen a film with her in where I haven't seen her breasts. No. Um, and I, everything else to go with it. Gen- and, and then, you know, a lot of the time, genuinely everything else to go with
0: it. I think our main focus for Linnea Quigley is
1: Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, she is butt-naked through... <laughs> the majority of her, her screen time in that film. And uh, do you know what? I think she's... Uh, I was going to say fantastic actress then.
0: No, no discredit to hey, her. Hey, hang on. No, no, no. That is a fantastic performance. <laughs> it is. It is. She
1: does what she needs to do, and she does it right, and she has fun with it, and we have fun watching yeah. it. You know, is, is she going to win an Oscar? No. <laughs> never. Um, I
0: say just give her an Oscar.
1: But uh, she... And, and I think, really, her as a scream queen and really represents where horror went in the oh, 80s hell yeah. anyway.
0: And this is why we chose her. She is a perfect representation of scream queens in the 80s. And definitely. Definitely. These films were bloodier. Yeah. These
1: films were full of sex, full of nudity um always ha we're a bit tongue-in-cheek yeah we weren't particularly scary you you know uh i wouldn't say i've, I've seen lanae quigley in a, in a scary film
0: uh
1: no no of. No. no and and i think she really represents where horror was in the 1980s um and i every interview i've ever seen of her she's come across as just a real fun character yeah
0: yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, I'd only recently watched Return of the Living Dead, and everything I'd seen with her in it before that, including that film where we saw the sound guy at the corner of the screen, what was that called? Murder weapon. That was horrendous. But, um, you know, she's always got that camp cheesy vibe about her, but then in Return of the Living Dead, it's like she was actually trying. And I, I love her in that film. You know, it's it's a great performance, and a strangely likable character even though she's not really meant to be i just i i just want to see more and more of her yeah
1: yeah and she and which
0: i mean we do see more and more of her in, yeah. in a
1: different way <laughs> but then even in a smaller role in something like silent night deadly night yeah um she's a, again uh and i don't want to beat a dead horse but she is an actress who has fully immersed herself in the horror genre yeah and she'll take any sort of role, and you know, make it fun. Yeah, and absolutely.
0: Fun watch. And even Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. You know, I mean that. If you need a film to represent where 80s cinema went, yeah, that's yeah. Hollywood Chainsaw Hooks, which is a is kind of a satire
1: of uh yeah oh oh yeah
0: massively oh it's hugely tongue-in-cheek yeah because it, it's it knows it's a, yeah it yeah. knows it's a comedy but it kind of spoofs the whole of AT cinema it, you know it's it it picks out all those points that we've just raised and you know uses them to its advantage and lenea quigley just looks like she's having the time of her life in that role yeah so. yeah yeah fantastic scream queen we get a bit of um, diversity though in the '80s, and we even get two male screen queens. One of which is has a little more to say. We have a little more to say about than the other, but we'll start with Bruce Campbell because the okay. internet classes him as a male screen queen. Yeah, was a scream king. Yeah. So they say that he is the scream king. Um, I, uh, Which we can't do a full episode on, so we might as well touch on that. Yeah. There isn't. There is not enough scream kings to do a full episode. It, it's a weird one because um,
1: someone like Vincent Price made his career from horror films. Yeah. but I would never call him a scream king. Yeah, I, I suppose in terms of the Evil Dead, yeah, uh, Ash is your final girl. Yes, <laughs> or your final guy. He
0: is. He does f- a lot of screaming as well. Yeah, and you don't get much
1: of that in in horror cinema.
0: No, and I mean, you look at 2013 when uh, Jane Levy took over the role. um, Well, not took over the role, but, you know, her character Mia was essentially in Ash's place, and the role translated so well over to a female. So I think that, you know, that says a lot about that role in particular of Ash, and, you know, Bruce Campbell in, in many ways did what these screen queens did and he went on to star in many other horror films as well and became this big boom B-movie actor.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, again, you know, really paved the... um, and Not paved.
0: Well, paved his own way yeah. within the horror genre. and The more interesting one, not to say Bruce Campbell's an interesting, you know, I love Bruce Campbell, but uh, the more... The, the bigger... Subject to talk about is uh, Mark Patton.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if anyone's not really recognising the name, um, Mark Patton uh, played Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yes. And he's... Well, he's not actually well, I suppose he's not the final girl. His um, I'll happily call him a scream queen. Scream queen. <laughs> he <laughs> has a
0: documentary about himself called yeah, Scream Queen. Yeah, and I
1: think he he would like to yes. refer to himself as the first male scream queen. Um We haven't seen the documentary yet.
0: No. But really want to. Yeah. Uh
1: he's I don't think he really had any career after the film. He was in a film with Cher. That was before. That was, was um, it before. It was come back to oh, five and dime. Was Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, the Robert Altman film. Yeah, uh, that was before, if I remember correctly. I
0: don't know. I saw I read something the other day that said, what "Go you're... on, get your phone out." Come on. No, no. I, I. Do you know what? I'll go out on a limb on oh. this,
1: and if anyone wants to correct
0: me, he liked one of our posts. He might listen it. to this. Do you sure you don't want it to? It was come uh... back
1: to five and dime. Jimmy <laughs> Dean, Jimmy Dean, and I believe it was released in eighty okay. two. Whereas. Uh, Yeah, I'm a big Robert okay. Altman fan.
0: Oh, trust your judgement. Ah, oh, the phone's coming out. We'll check it. Don't
1: tell him I'm on my phone. That's not how <laughs> this is meant to work. Come on, no idea.
0: <laughs> it's suspense. <laughs>
1: this is like a really long title as well. Here we go. Robert Altman film. 1982. Okay, 19, okay, welcome. you were
0: right, you were right. But anyway, back <laughs> onto the subject of Mark Patton <laughs> as Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Um, it's, for me, I, I find that film, now that, because, I mean, the brief history of the story, um, off the top of my head, I might get this wrong, hopefully not, but uh, off the top of my head, the brief history is, there is obviously gay subtext in this film. You know, it, it, you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. So you know, it's it's you know, It's things like um, the fact that there's a whole scene in a gay bar where producer Bob Shea plays a barman in full S and M gear, but clearly he had enough. He had no idea about the gay subtext. Okay, so this is a massively gay film,
1: and uh, it, it hugely. And then the screenwriter the yeah. has pretty much admitted that you know. This film was about Jesse
0: probably coming out. Yeah, but when it was first released, they denied that. They denied
1: that. They, they denied that. They, it 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 they would have
0: killed the film. Oh, absolutely, and uh, Mark Patton got all the backlash for it.
1: He did, he, and, and Mark Patton is an out act, a gay actor now. Yeah, um, he wouldn't have been at the
0: time. Because no, I think
1: would... he was. Or did he come out afterwards? I think he was an out gay
0: And that's why he got the backlash yeah. for why the film, you know, everyone was like... Because it oh, was career so suicide. It yeah. Was... It was. It was career suicide. So he probably... And
1: we haven't seen the documentary. We can't wait to watch it. Yeah. But my assumption is that, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street was a massively successful film. Mm-hmm. You've just been given the starring role in the sequel, which potentially could be even bigger box office wise and I believe it was mm. bigger box office wise um and you think this is really it this is your career starting you know you're gonna be a famous face, and um there's a massive backlash against the film because of the gay context, and because you know you're because you're the lead in that film, yeah then you get all the backlash against you in particular and it kills your career dead.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, now the film has been embraced as an LGBT horror film. I think the fact it's got its own male screen queen is just so empowering and I love it. I really do. I, I love the fact that he can be classed as a screen queen. And I'm just sad that it didn't carry on to, you know, become a bit of a trend.
1: And, gay horror
0: sequels. Well, no, not gay horror sequels, but, I mean, male screen queens that are openly gay and can be classed as a screen queen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose
0: so. I mean, it's not something that's completely dead. I mean, I'm sure there'll be others, you know, in years to come with, um, you know, the film industry being a bit more diverse now. But... Yeah, I just think that role in particular stands out, and it's why I had to mention it in this episode. I think it stands out, and you know his role as Jesse stands out because it, it is something a little different compared to everything else we're talking yeah,
1: about. Yeah, do you know what? Potentially, we could cover it in in an episode. Yeah, uh, after we've watched the documentary, because because do not get us <laughs> wrong, um, we're not saying that um, Freddy's Revenge is a masterpiece in any way. But it's an interesting film. It's a thoroughly enjoyable film. I really enjoy oh, it. Oh, it's a fun film, but it's, it's nowhere near as good as the original.
0: Which brings us to another screen queen. Eva Langenkamp.
1: Ah, yes, yes. So, speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street... And and you'll probably get, which leads us to another queen,
0: <laughs> Lisa Wilcox. Lisa Wilcox, if, like, you could, we could go off ages with Nightmare on Elm Street. So you really
1: could, and and that's the thing with these franchise films. If you star in one or more,
0: I suppose you you know you could be seen as a scream. Queen. Yeah, but Heather Langenkamp has starred in other minor you know horror films outside of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, but within that franchise alone, she is definitely a screen queen for me um and again another one who is smart and she she stands aside from the other 80 screen queens in the way that you know she wasn't exactly um the sexy gets her boobs out screen queen that no, everyone absolutely. else was but she was still that strong character that you still want to root for and uh yeah i think she does the job great
1: yeah no
0: absolutely and uh...
1: I think we would class her as a scream queen because that is her most famous role. Yeah. You know, um Yeah, I I think I'm starting to develop my own opinion talking about this. I yeah. think I'm starting to develop my own sort of idea of what a scream queen is. Yeah. Is somebody who is you know, horror genre, you know, um legend yeah like adrian Barbeau. adrian Barbeau. from the fog i mean just other people you know other people may know them for for something else i mean someone like jamie curtis it's undeniable um but you know heather Langenkamp is undeniable everyone would know her from yeah absolutely i I think she she was in a, a tv series but she she really hasn't had any really more notable roles than Nancy Thompson? No, you know Mark Patton. You know his Nightmare role Nightmare as Jesse yeah. is Night on Elm Street Two. Lisa Wilcox, Night on Elm Street Four and Five. Yeah, but then you get someone like Patricia Arquette, in Part Three. Mm. You know she goes on to to bigger not to be rude but she she goes on to bigger projects and and more notable yeah uh projects outside
0: of the horror genre unlike ashley lawrence Ash- who ashley is lawrence. definitely a screen queen yeah
1: yeah yeah i, th- I think i think
0: I've sort of developed my opinion of
1: what a screen queen yeah. is now. Because I was a little on, on the fence.
0: So, how's your opinion on Shelley Duvall now, then, being a screen queen? Uh, Shelley Duvall is not a screen queen. But she is in the shining. She's in the
1: shining. And she's probably. <sighs> See, this is my prob- My love for See?
0: Shelley Duvall. See, but my... is this also going against what you were thinking a second ago about what a screen queen is?
1: Well, my, m- maybe my love for Shelley Duvall um, sort of skews. My opinion of her as a scream queen, because I love her in The Shining, obviously, and I do understand that to the general public, her role in The Shining is potentially her only role that they know. Uh, yeah, that or uh, olive oil and Popeye, um, but to me, I I I love her in
0: everything. And
1: everything. <laughs> three women well Robert Altman and and as I've stated I'm a a huge Robert Altman fan um so I loved her in Nashville I loved her in Three Women I loved her in Brewster McLeod uh loved her in Popeye um yeah she's 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 probably one of my favorite actresses well Sorry, Sorry, we've got, we've got no, on to my
0: love for no, Shelley, uh, <laughs> Shelley Duvall. This is the Shelley podcast. Screens. Hello, Hello oh. I'm
1: Shelley DeVol. <laughs> <laughs> this is devolved into a... Are we out here on the kind of podcast of us? Yeah. Hello,
0: I'm Shelley Duvall. <laughs> oh, hi, Shelley. <laughs> she's not actually here. No. I know that impression was uh, convincing. but well, She's had a few issues
1: recently. So uh, Yeah, been invited on this podcast.
0: Mm. Um... <laughs> You know, I hope Shelley's world never does listen to this podcast. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> if you ever do, I love you. <laughs> um, now, an interesting one um, that we could tell a story about from in-person experience is Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton. Ask anybody, they'll say Barbara Crampton's a screen queen. Ask Barbara Crampton. She would not say the same thing. Do you remember the Q&A she did shortly after we met her? Remind me of the specifics. Yeah, so we uh, met Barbara Crampton at Fright Fest last year. Uh, and she was there promoting the latest Puffin and Master film. And, um, which was great, by the way. And uh, she did a Q&A. And she mentioned that she did an article in a magazine. I can't remember what magazine... It may have been Fangoria. Uh, where she called the article, Don't Call Me a Screen Queen... Um, because she, you know, she believes that because she, uh, is an actress that screams in a film, it doesn't really make her a scream queen.
1: Yeah. And and I think I maybe understand where she's coming from.
0: Yeah. The idea of a
1: scream queen is potentially a little condescending. Yeah, You know, she sees herself, rightfully so, as an actress playing a part and you know playing a character and trying to get into the you know into the character's mind and any all anyone cares about is how loud she can scream or how frightened she can look um or how little clothes she wears (laughs) or how little she's admittedly love you barbara but and she is one that does does get the bits out quite often don't she
0: yeah. But you go, good girl, you know, you uh, live living that 80s dream. Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous, you know, um, if you've got it, absolutely yep. flaunting. But I mean, I'd class her as one of my favourite screen queens, which is, you know, kind of threw me off when she said about not being called one. It's so, like, oh, okay. Uh, still still one of my favourite screen queens, but that's an interesting take on it.
1: I was going to say, apologies to her, but i class her as a screen queen. Yeah, Because she
0: does die in a lot of these films as well. Uh-huh. But another uh, unconventional... Well, I mean, obviously, Barbara's not unconventional. To herself, she is, but, you know, to everyone else, she isn't. But um, Mm -hmm. one that's unconventional for me, but I wanted to bring up, is actually uh, Linda Hamilton. Now, I don't know if I'd necessarily call her a straight-up Scream Queen, but I think the potential is there, considering myself. I classed the first Terminator film as a horror film, and she also did Children of the Corn. And in both of those films, she plays a very Scream Queen-like character, but I think her roles elsewhere, outside of those films, kind of defeats
1: it a bit. What's your opinion on that one? I don't think she's a screen queen, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I don't think she's well-known enough as a horror film actress. Yeah. The Terminator, yes. and You know, you could see it as a horror film. Um, but I... Uh... She's probably more more famous for Terminator Two, True. which I wouldn't class. this is a, not a, a horror. horror no, I'm not even close. Um. So I I probably wouldn't say she's, she's more of an action heroine. I'd say. Yeah,
0: but well, now she is. But I mean, if you if say if this was in the eighties and you'd just seen her in Terminator, you'd seen her in Children of the Corn. For that up until that point, she could have been going down that path, but then I do think with the way her career went in the 90s with uh children come was the 80s wasn't it i think so people are gonna think i'm so fucking dumb if it's not but anyway but we Terminator terminated too i think that did change that course but yeah i mean she had the potential there but um finishing off in the 80s one last person um that i do want to mention is danielle harris because this is an interesting one Again, like Linda Blair, she is a child Scream Queen in the 80s. Uh, and she is fantastic in Halloween 4 and 5. She's probably one of the best things about those films. Um, you know, she plays a fantastic role. Uh, fairly likeable. Very memorable Scream. Um, she was a Scream Queen. And she was, like, how old, like really, really young yeah i'd say like 10 yeah like ridiculously young for a screen queen um but again you know same as linda blair um but then you know much like linda blair she didn't stop there she went on to in fact star in uh rob zombies interesting shall we say halloween remakes uh in the role of annie and she went on to star in the hatchet franchise and, you know, she is great. I mean, even as a modern day screen queen, she's fantastic. So could not leave the 80s without mentioning her. And I'm sure we'll probably come back to her again in a bit when we get to modern day. Moving on to the 90s, there's not as much
1: to talk about. Well, horror, horror cinema in general took a bit of a slump in the 90s. Yeah. Um. You had standouts.
0: Uh, like Candyman. Well, our subject was uh is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Would you like to touch on that a bit?
1: Yeah. So as I was saying, um, during the nineties, there was a bit of a slump in horror cinema. You had you had your random standouts, but I I I think, it, people sort of realized that the horror genre was dying, and then Scream came out. Yeah. And you know it's a subject that's been covered many many times, but the idea is that Scream saved the horror film. Yeah. And this cool, you know, film, very um,
0: with slick, two screen queens slick, in it.
1: Yeah, very slick, very young cast, um, sort of reinvigorated. A genre. Mm-hmm. And, and it did. I would say it did. It did. Yeah. Um And from the back of that, you got a lot of very slick, cool horror films. Mm-hmm. Very knowing. Very tongue-in-cheek, you know. um, Not particularly scary. Meta is uh, the word you're... Meta. Yeah. Meta is the word that I'm looking for. Thank you very much, Gary. Which is interesting, because that kind of started with New Nightmare. Yeah. But I don't think New Nightmare was successful enough no, to have had... No, but obviously, impact.
0: same director, Wes Craven, who yeah. comes back two years later with uh, Scream and takes the world by storm.
1: Yeah. I know New Nightmare was a fantastic film, Um, but I, 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 I don't think we could really give it credit because I don't think it was a successful film. Unfortunately. But then Scream was their box, massive box office success, Yeah. Uh, winning MTV Movie Awards... Mm-hmm. Um, all that business, and the screen queen killed off within the first ten minutes, much like Janet Lee. Yeah, yeah, Drew Barrymore. Well, who had been a child actress and and yeah. starred in a couple of uh, Stephen King adaptations. Um, but um, from the back of that, you have, I know what you did last summer, another sleek, you know, mm-hmm. horror film, and uh, starring in that. With Sarah Michelle Gellar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Sarah Michelle Gellar, who's very much a product of the 90s, I'd say. Um, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a horror TV series.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think um, with Sarah Michelle Gellar, there's a lot of versatility to her in that acting because, you know, you've got her roles in I oh, Know What You Did Last Summer and Scream 2 and even the Grudge uh, remake and have you then, seen that? I have, yeah, and I I, have. I, I actually enjoy it. It's mm. it's not as good as the original, but, um, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar is fantastic in it. She is more of the face of, in, in that film in particular, you know, of the more smart screen queen who, you know, she's more into investigating, which is a lot of the 90s, which is absolutely right what you said about being a product of the 90s, because that sort of uh, characteristics is what you got from all the screen queens in the 90s, even though there wasn't many of them. They're all kind of like investigators. I mean, you, you look at Virginia Madsen in Candyman. Mm-hmm. You know, she was investigating for that entire film. Um, I wouldn't call Jodie Foster a screen queen, but if you're looking at female re- representation in horror films in the 90s, she's investigating. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't remember a lot about Sarah Michelle Geller's role in I Know What You Did Last Summer, Do You?
1: Yes, yeah, so she plays... Um, I know she
0: plays the pretty girl, because she obviously has the whole um, Miss thing that they spoofed in scary movie. Yeah,
1: yes, yeah. so she's a, she's a pageant queen. Yeah, there we go. She's a pageant queen. Uh yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh Helen Shivers <laughs> and uh, she's not she, I mean Jennifer Love Hewitt is is the main uh role in the film and uh what I remember from <laughs> Helen Shivers ...is uh, her death scene. Do you remember that? I don't. It's been a long time. So, she's been chased all around town. She's managed to get away from... Yeah, it's like the furniture pens. store. Furniture yeah, store. Yeah, sister her horrible sister's... Um, ...died. She's been killed. And uh, Helen makes her way to this... Uh, ...alleyway... And she's really close to a... There's a fucking parade going on <laughs> with fireworks. And she's so close. And she's she stops and looks back.
0: Do you remember this? I do. And now you're making me think of something else to point out. Something that was actually funny enough, you know, <laughs> mentioned a lot in a scary movie, is the whole... Screen Queens making dumb decisions.
1: Yeah.
0: Which contradicts the whole Screen Queens doing the investigating and being smart thing, which I just mentioned. But, um, yeah, no, it, it is something that came about. Um, you, The whole, you know, falling down when they're running away thing and going in the wrong direction when they know it's probably not the right place they should go. And this death scene, yeah, it's a good example. Yeah. Of, uh,
1: and, and I think Sarah Michelle, get not not particularly her her roles, but her as an actress, mm. she was really cool. Yeah. You know, and, and this is absolutely no disrespect to um, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, but I, I don't think she was seen as particularly cool. Yeah. You know, the character that she played wasn't cool. Uh, Laurie Strode in, in Halloween, um, someone like Venea Quigley... Was you know overly sexualized, yeah. Now, I thought she was pretty cool in Return of the Living Dead, but her main role in the films that she starred in was to get her, you know, boobs and tuppence out, yeah. Whereas Sarah Michelle Geller. Everybody wanted to be Sarah Michelle Gellar. She was so beautiful. Well, she slayed. Literally. Yeah, and so cool and so funny. And um, I I think that's a different dimension to uh, to a scream queen. Yeah. Is is that um,
0: girls wanted to be her. Yeah. You know? And then... I mean, I I wanted to be her. (laughs) And then you have... um, Nev Campbell, on the other hand, yeah, Nev Campbell, who is the complete opposite of Sarah Michelle Geller. um, and say? She... I'd say so. Would you, would you have classed her as cool? Yeah, I think I so. put her in the same Jamie Lee category. Um, I was in the craft, yeah, even in Scream. I mean, there's the whole. The whole thing, the fact that she has sex and she survives, but that is purposely in that film for a bit of humour towards the tropes of a horror film. Mm. But until that point, she's still that girl that's not really. You know, she's not. Not like Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know,
1: I just. I think I understand what you're getting at. I think you're looking at the character of Sidney Prescott... Yeah,
0: rather, yeah. And ...rather than Nev Campbell herself. Nev Campbell herself, yeah, I'd say she is cool. I mean, even after her little transformation in the craft, she's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I see what you mean. I mean, I'm... I'm I think you're looking at... I went at a bit... A bit whereas... I was looking at, uh, at Sidney Prescott, but...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then I got sidetracked. Yeah. Okay. I messed it all up. That's it. That's it, guys. End of episode. I fucked <laughs> up. Calm down. But, um, yeah... No, I, yeah, I'd say Neve Campbell's cool. I was wrong. <laughs> but the, but the, the, that's the point
1: I'm making. Yeah. Is that you had a lot of very hip, young actresses starring in numerous horror films.
0: It's also, I found that cra- the craze of uh, older actors, actresses and actors playing younger characters was in the 90s as well. Oh, that's throughout cinema history. Yeah, but it is. I found it really notable. In the 90s, I think it was the hairstyles that did it. Well, I I think it was because the horror
1: post scream horror films wanted to be. I keep using the word hip, I don't think it's hip, just keep saying hip so much. No, you're making yourself sound older. or well. cool. I, I'm not even sure <laughs> if people say cool anymore. Um, but the whole idea is that to get a young um, hip cast who could work enough hours to get the film finished. Yeah. And they this. had to go, But that's
0: throughout cinema history. Yeah. And then this carried on... Um, well, I mean, that's not our main subject for this podcast, but there's sort of... um, The type of screen queens in the 90s, even though there wasn't many of them, it did carry on to the early 2000s, to the point that if you were to watch a few films from the early 2000s and the 90s, you probably wouldn't know the difference. Um, but then we get a little later into it and then this is your, you know, remakes and sequels galore stage side of things. So,
1: yeah. So, so after you're a sleek, hip, nine, you stop saying hip? <laughs> Fucking <hell>. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, but after that you, you get, uh, oh, where I switch off and, <laughs> and it's only now that I'm catching up is the ridiculous amounts ...of remakes, and I, I know everyone's going to think I'm a prize prick for saying this. You know, oh, you know if you haven't watched them, then you don't understand modern horror. But this is where modern horror really took a terrible turn for me, because okay. it was all shite. Okay, sit back and I've got
0: this. Okay, thank you. Um, so our main subject for the 2000s is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Well, As I like to know her, Mary Elizabeth Slaystead. Um, I love her, and... Honestly, I will defend Chris on the, to a certain point. The two thousands is extremely hit or miss, and I found this out because I remember films very wrong. Um, like last night for this podcast, you know, to get Chris up to date with a Mary Mary Elizabeth Slaystead, we watched Final Destination three, and it wasn't quite the film I remembered. Dog shit. But. The thing is, um, with the 2000s, you had this weird mix of action films that mixed with horror, and this gave people a weird perception of what a screen queen is. Kate Beckinsale, for example, won an award um, for, was it Screen Queen of the Decade? No, I think it was the Scream Queen of the Year. Oh, or the or Year, or yeah. Like and that. this is someone who was very well known for a role in Underworld, in which she plays an action hero, essentially. But it is a horror film, it's to do with vampires and werewolves. So I would never once have thought of Kate Beckinsale as a Scream Queen. Maybe for something like Vacancy, which I love, um, absolutely for that film, but for Underworld? No. And the same goes for um, Mila Jokovic. Am I saying the name right? Mila Jokovic. I think that's right. Uh, You know, Resident Evil. And you put a name to Google, and you put in, is she a screen queen? You'll get the answer yes. I don't get that myself. So this is where it took a bit of a weird turn. Now, for me, who I'd class as a screen queen in the 2000s, is Melissa George who was in uh, the Amityville Horror remake, and she was in 30 Days of Night. And I would class Naomi Watts as a screen queen, who was in Funny Games remake and the Ring remake and the Ring sequel. And can you see the pattern? This is all it is. It's, It's a lot of remakes, a lot of sequels, which is, you know these characters are based on other characters you know these are other roles that they're taking these from so it's a weird one the 2000s really is and mary elizabeth winstead you know final destination three sequel she's in the black christmas remake which is also dog shit but she's the best thing about everything she's in um she would later go on to be in the thing prequel um and what i like about her is she's got that mix of she's got a great scream uh she is she always plays a strong character she's also got the ability to be a victim as well you know she yeah she's got it she's got it all nailed and yeah i really like her i think she's great yeah yeah
1: and and
0: I I didn't think the thing prequel was a bad film. No.
1: But Black Christmas and Friday Destination... uh, Friday Destination! Destination. (laughs) Final Destination 3 were absolute dog shite. But she was admittedly the best thing uh, in those films.
0: Now, whilst we're on stuff that you dislike, I'm going to move on to the subject of Katie Featherstone, who is in Paranormal Activity. And... I think again, I would class her as a screen queen because she wasn't of a minor horror stuff around this time as well, so she had that sort of thing where she was known for one horror film, but then she went on starring these little things that were less unknown. but again, you listen to her scream in that film and you look at you know her characteristics in that film, she is a screen queen, I would say a modern screen queen um and she was you know in various entries in that franchise and became well known through that. And I just wanted to quickly get that in before Chris had anything to say about it. Uh, Shawnee Smith from the Saw sequel. I mean, well, she was in the first Saw, not as much. But then, you know, as she goes on, I think she becomes a screen queen within that franchise. But realistically, you look at those last two I mentioned, and this is really clutching at straws because you like the 90s. There's not a lot in the 2000s. And if they are, they are coming off of a bits of media. But whereas Shawnee Smith and Katie Feverson, obviously they're in franchises that they were the beginning of. So I think they deserve a mention. But Chris could come back now. Hi, still here. Mm-hmm.
1: No, um, would you say that there's a lack of actresses in the 2000s that repeatedly go into the horror genre? Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So you have someone like Kate Beckinsale, who stars in The First Underworld. Mm-hmm. It's a success. So she stars in the sequels. Yeah. Mina Yovich, she's in the first Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. It's a success. Therefore you get sequels that she stars in. Yeah. But she doesn't necessarily have any other notable roles within the horror genre. Absolutely. You are not have of a
0: Shawnee Smith film. No. No. saw Exactly.
1: So. Exactly. Yeah. Um so, and then that scene in over Screen Queens such as Ashley Lawrence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then you quintessential Scream Queens are in the horror genre in repeated but separate films. Yeah. Um, do you, would you say there's a lack of that? Absolutely. That, that Any sort of new horror film?
0: Absolutely. Which brings me to one of her actresses I want to mention that actually goes into the... Uh, into... The twenty tens, is that the right term for it? Uh yeah, twenty tens. Uh is Cooler. Chloe Grace Moretz because she started off in the amateur horror remake with Melissa George. Um she is a child actor in that film, very, very much a screen queen, uh, and then goes on to just take a lot of horror roles. And even more risque roles like, yeah, you know, I mean, we've seen Kick Ass recently that wasn't long after Amityville Horror when she was still a child and, you know, she's going around saying cunt and stuff like that and killing people. But then, you know, she'd go into ever horror films like um, Let Me In, the remake of Let The Right One In, the remake of Carrie, the remake of Suspiria. Again, are you seeing a pattern with Chloe Moretz? <laughs> so, I don't think she's actually been in a horror film that's not a remake, if I'm honest, but she's still taking horror roles. Now you get on to the twenty tens, and that's still starting in the early twenty tens. You know, you have Mary Elizabeth Winstead in the Thing prequel, which kind of I think that was a, it was shortly before Jane Levy did um, you know, Mia in the Evil Dead reboot. And you had that sort of uh females taking males places in those films. And I think that was a sign of the times that i've got here screen queens are just now more strong and empowering in modern yeah, day films yeah, and I, I... again jamie lee curtis she's did the whole transition because you have her laurie strode in 1978 and you look at her laurie strode in last year's sequel it's everything that screen queens have became to be uh, have come to be modern day cinema
1: yeah, I think we're and and I I've sort of jumped back on the horror uh genre bandwagon by now coming yeah. into the 2010s. Um and you you're getting more well-rounded female horror film characters. Yeah. And and, and the actress that we chose is Vera Farmiga. Uh-huh. And she didn't do the Conjuring until she was forty years old. Yeah, which you know is is quite old by Hollywood standards. Mm-hmm. Um, she she'd been Oscar nominated for Up in the Air uh, with George Clooney, but this was really for for me at least her breakout role. Yeah, you know, uh, in the Conjuring. Um. What? What character does she play? She plays Lorraine Warren. Lorraine Warren. Excuse me. I was forgetting the name there. Um, playing Lorraine Warren, and from there she's gone into Bates Motel. Bates Motel. I mean the
0: whole Conjuring universe, such as you know, Annabelle comes home. She was recently in that. All of th- yeah. All Even all of Godzilla. That. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. She was recently in. She was, um. So she's one that's come later into it. Oh, she was an orphan as well. She played the mother in Orphan. Have you seen that? No. No, but she was very good in that as well. But she as yeah, she's one of those that's not just stuck with a franchise, she's branched out and she has starred in other horror films as well and you know, yeah, monster movies. But and she's such. quite
1: representative of, of where we yeah. are with women in horror films. She's a little older, mhm. She's you know, a well known actress. Mm-hmm. Really be being able to bring, um, a real great acting style to these films. Yes. Yeah. Um. Take for example Tony Collette, who uh-huh. massively deserved an Oscar nomination for hereditary.
0: Yeah. You know. It, and was also fantastic in Krampus. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, you're getting these real established actresses. Um, and older actresses, you know, in these horror films, and becoming screen queens, maybe a little later into their career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You look
1: at someone like Lynn Shay. I was just about to bring up Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay, who would have thought that Lynn Shay, who I believe is in her seventies, she's in now. her seventies. Now I know it was a sequel to an already established franchise, but you know, a wide release film insidious the last key Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where the main protagonist and the top billed cast member
0: is a woman in her 70s and it got to that point because of the fan demand for her that demand was there from her her character we all know what happens to her in the first film if you haven't seen it don't listen to this she gets killed she gets killed but her character was so popular in that film they did everything they can to bring her back for everything else. To the point that they did, obviously, the sequel with her spirit. But then they had to do prequels because they needed to bring her back. Because that was where the demand was for this franchise.
1: Yeah. Which which is incredible.
0: Yeah. Incredible to
1: think. And she's fantastic in those films. She yeah. She really is. If you think only, what, 30 years ago in the 80s, you would never have had a, a horror film with the audience that the horror films had and where horror film was, you know, you would never have had someone the age of Lynn Shay heading up a film. No. You know, she going to get her tits and tuppence out,
0: is she? It's probably a good thing.
1: Yeah, no, but that <laughs> but that's what I mean. And then this has gone into Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Who... Has has always revisited the character of Laurie Strode Mm -hmm. uh, in the past. But done it better than ever. But done it, yeah. And actually gave it a really serious side. Oh, my God. And fantastic character development. Yeah. A fantastic performance. And I think it's great. I think it's wonderful where we are at now. Yeah. Where horror films are bringing out the best in... Really great actresses. Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o in. Us. I was just gonna say, you know, the African American representation is getting better as oh, well. Um, finally, that that do you know what? That is very true, actually. We because of all the women we've mentioned yeah. up until Lupita Nyong'o, who has the potential to become a screen queen. Yeah. Uh, with us and uh, Little Monsters. Mhm. Uh, it is Little Monsters, it is, isn't it? She's Coming out started, soon. Yeah. Um. It's it's actually the first um
0: and don white i have yeah, mentioned it's true um and even someone who we actually noticed through watching a few films was um betty gabriel who was um one of the staff members that the rich white family employed in get out which of course was uh, an oscar winning film um betty gabriel it really was a minor role in that film, but she was fucking incredible in that film. She was really so good. creepy. She was
1: really good in that film.
0: And then we saw her in Upgrade, uh, which is a science fiction, uh, science fiction, science fiction horror film. She was fantastic in that. wasn't a major role, but she was still good in it. Uh, we saw her in The Purge: Election Year, a bit of a bigger role in that. Really, really fucking good in that. And she was even the best part about um, Unfriended Dark Web. So she's just popped up in these films we've watched and we just noticed that's a, you know, recurring thing. And I just want to see more of her. I think she's fantastic. She's so good. Yeah. She's a fantastic actress. And again, more African-American representation, which is a sign of the times with the film industry in general. But it's great to see that, you know, passing over into horror films as well.
1: It's about freaking time as well. Yeah. It's about friggin' time, and like, how many, how many decades have we been through?
0: We since the sixties. Yeah, and, and not one,
1: and and not one. Isn't that ridiculous? I'm, I'm looking at
0: these notes now, and there's not one that we've noticed. It, down. It's also ridiculous that we
1: didn't notice until now. Um,
0: but yeah, how shocking! But um, as you were saying about the uh, older uh, screen queens as well, you've even got it. Even goes into TV. Jess lang american yeah. horror story oh God, sarah yes. Paulson, yeah
1: emma roberts emma roberts isn't old no but in tv <laughs> in tv terms
0: yeah no i, I was gonna get to that you know where whereas TV. we get to our younger um younger screen queens emma roberts is absolutely a screen queen i love her so much um samara weaving is very promising as a screen queen She was in Mayhem and more recently the fantastic Ready or Not. When I was watching that, the whole way through, I think she is an absolute screen queen. She is the definition of screen queen and more of what is represented in modern day. Like, she screams a lot in that film and it's a very memorable scream and she's very strong. And she was also a victim, but she put it all into one and, you know... It was a real audience character. And I think that's very important in the Screen Queen. They've got to be someone the audience can relate with. And... Would you agree about Samara Weaving?
1: Uh, yeah, I think she has the potential to become a Screen Queen. And see where her career
0: goes. Yeah. Much like Jessica Roth, who's only been in the Happy Death Day films. Yeah. And that's hard to believe. When I was looking at her IMDb, I thought I was missing something. Because in Happy Death Day, it's like she's been doing this for years. She... She is the perfect scream queen, so good in both of those these films. Are, these, you know, the roles you're talking about are more comedic roles, though. Really? Yeah,
1: but then you look back they're at not... the eighties. Yeah. So are they? Yeah, yeah. So they're not straight up, you know, horror films, um, and they're not straight up horror film roles. So they get they, they probably exercise their um, comedic chops rather than the dramatic um, screen queen.
0: But then you've got someone like uh, Micah Monroe, who um, was in It Follows, and that wasn't comedic in the slightest. No, but, but you know
1: what she doesn't sense.
0: Well, she was also in The Guest. Where she was? Shut up. <laughs> I didn't like The Guest. I think she was in Something Else as well, but then, I mean, even Fiona Doroth. Brad Doris daughter. Oh, yeah. Who was in Curse and Court of Chucky, and she was also in the Purge TV series. Um, You know, but a lot of people class her as a modern-day screen creator. I don't know if I would at this stage. I think the potential is there. Um, But then, you know, the Chucky films aren't straight... Again... But her role was very serious in
1: those films. Yeah. Yeah, the point I'm making, really, about modern horror is these real great actresses yeah. doing really dramatic things in yeah. horror films. So it
0: goes into three categories. You've And yeah. I'd
1: like to see that's where The Screen Queen goes now, because you're getting very, very excellent horror films, very well-made horror films, very well-acted horror films. Yeah. Um, And that that is where I'd like to see the genre go. And the scream queen guy i want lupita nyongo to be the next jamie lee curtis you know that's what i'd like to see
0: yeah so you got your you know your three categories you've got your uh older screen queens you've got your um you know african-american and more diverse screen queens and then you've got your comedy ones so and i think those three categories it's just getting better it, you can't really complain about that. It's it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And I think, and I think horror cinemas are a, a bit of a high at the moment. Yeah. There's some really great films that have come out.
0: So, what is your conclusion?
1: Oh, my God. My conclusion is that I don't friggin' have one. Um, about screen queens in general? About screen mm. queens in general. It, it's so difficult um to really narrow it down to what makes scream queen you know is it gorgeous beauty well not necessarily um is it you know one major role in a horror film uh potentially you know um is it somebody who fully immerses themselves in the horror genre definitely and it it's in my head and i it may just be personal preference here um if i when i hear an actress's name and i don't automatically think of a horror film or their role in a horror film i don't think i class them as a screen queen
0: yeah what do you think uh for me i I agree with that too uh for me it's got to be someone that, you know, is capable of being put in danger. Someone that you relate to. Someone that you uh, want to root for. Uh, you know, someone that you'll actually be bothered if they die in a film. Um, but someone that can actually take care of themselves and uh, and fight their way through a film. And, uh, you know, become the popular force behind a franchise. So I think that's what... Makes a screen queen for me.
1: Yeah, I think I think maybe you're looking at the character rather than the actress.
0: Yeah, but I mean, a lot of a lot of them are returning characters. I mean, you know, you think of the amount of actresses we spoke about that have returned for different films compared to the amount that have just known for those characters within that those specific franchises. Um. And you know, going back to Jamie Lee Curtis, she was typecast really hmm. in a lot of the films after. So she would be, you know, that character. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I I think ty- I think typecasting has maybe, um, been a big influence on the idea of a screen queen.
0: And if a screen queen can, history. yeah, I mean, if they can play multiple different characters, then even better. Like yeah. Barbara Steele, for example.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, that's our uh, scream queens episode.
1: Yeah, so that's that's what we think about scream queens. Obviously, opinions are like arseholes. Uh, everyone's got one. Um, you may think we're wrong. I, I don't know. I'm not even a hundred percent sure myself of what makes yeah. a scream queen. Um, but we want to know what you think. So yeah, but we- I think we've given it a. Bloody good guy go for I Halloween. Think so. uh, I think we've mentioned some absolute sleigh queens mm-hmm. as you know actresses that we we adore. Um, if there's any that you've not heard of, and I'm I'm not sure there probably isn't, but um, go and check them out. Check out the films that we've mentioned
0: yeah absolutely and just let us know what you think you know your theories on what a screen queen is yeah uh, some of your favourite screen queens yeah uh, we'll be back next week we haven't decided on a specific film yet but we'll be back on Tuesday as normal uh, the Halloween classics episodes are over now so we'll try and uh, pick something nice and trashy for you this has been a while
1: yeah and if anyone would like to recommend a film from the uh, the 2000s that <laughs> I should watch Uh, because I was deadly silent during that section, Uh, a a good film, a good horror film from the 2000s that is neither a remake nor a sequel, then please let me know and and we can watch. We won't do a podcast on it. I've seen that. I'm saying it's not a remake or a sequel. No, and that was (laughs) all right. That was all right. So... So more of that, please. More of the, the, the sort of hatchet-style films or, or just, you know, standout films that aren't connected to any other films from the 2000s, please. We we wouldn't do a podcast on it, but just... I don't know. We might do. Potentially, potentially. No, because I'm asking for a good one. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, please, please let me know and uh, try and educate me.
0: Yes, yeah, so if uh, oh, sorry if, another tangent if there. you want to uh, if you want to give Chris those recommendations, uh, you can find us on Horror Court Trash over on Instagram and Facebook, Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm Gasmo two oh five on Instagram, night 92 on Twitter. And I'm Chris Barker eight two three on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, rate review and subscribe, anything else? just give us a like and a follow And uh, that's it. We will see you on Tuesday. See you on Tuesday.